Hi, JJ here with the Out of Value. Welcome. Well, the first quarter earnings of 2023 are out from fund managers. And today we're going to look at Michael Burry's buys and sells for the quarter. What's he been doing? He says a lot on Twitter from time to time. Sometimes it's cryptic. And so it's interesting to see what companies he's been buying and selling during any particular quarter. So let's get into it. So Barry had a lot of activity just this past quarter, Q1, ending the end of March 2023. It's interesting to see what the themes are here, what he's been buying. And the first one is China. He's been very keen on China. He tweeted about it a few months ago, actually. And so he's put his money where his mouth is there and added to uh, Chinese positions. He owns JD and Baba, uh, Alibaba, which I own as well, don't own JD, but he's added to those during the quarter. So he's Keen on China versus the US or China tech anyway. He's a deep value investor. So I would say that he sees some deep value in uh, JD and Baba at least. He may own some other stocks. These are just the US stocks traded in the US. So who knows if he owns some actually on the Chinese stock exchanges. We don't know. We don't know what his activity is. We can just see his US holdings, but those are his holdings. These two holdings alone make up nearly 20% of his portfolio. Well, of US stocks anyway. And it's interesting to see him buy these retail, they're retail focused, online retail. Charlie Munger's talked about how he thinks the Chinese stocks are undervalued compared to US stocks, that you can get a much better deal in China for really good companies. And there's a kind of consensus on that. People don't really argue that they're cheap, as Barber in particular. It's just the geopolitical risk that people see, especially as US investors, as international investors, with the Chinese government can come crack down and we've seen that over the past few years. So there are other risks apart from financials. The latest news, and I made a video about this, was that Barber's breaking up into kind of six pieces and they have the ability to IPO those those pieces and to, to generate value, to realize the value of those pieces over time. It looks like they're actually going to do that. And so Barry is, seems probably that he's keen on that. As I said, he's a deep value investor, so he buys something that's are very undervalued and will sell at fair price, which is different from from my approach. I've done that in the past on a few things that worked out successfully, but I prefer uh, long-term compounders. And I bought Barber when it, I thought it was undervalued. Charlie Munger also still holds it. He said it was a big mistake to buy it, of course. We don't know. Or that was just one sound bite. He said a lot more than that. But uh, that's where Barry kind of agrees with Charlie Munger on buying it anyway, and we'll see what happens. Well, a lot of the time, Michael Barry doesn't hold stocks for very long. He's not a trader, but a deep value investor, meaning that sometimes it can seem like a trade because he buys these things cheap and then will sell when, they, when he sees them to get to intrinsic value or fair price, very much in the Ben Graham style of value investing. The next kind of theme that's been happening in this past quarter for Barry is banks. He's been buying banks, these distressed banks in particular. Again, deep value. He'd be looking for deep value, looking at how much they've dropped, how much the fear was around there. I've made videos about the fear and panic, starting with Silicon Valley Bank and some of the contagion, the fear spreading. And he was obviously trying to take advantage of that and buy some of these things, which haven't worked out well. We just don't know. The end of the first quarter was a was a while ago now. So 
He might have just been in these temporarily and sold out. We can't tell from his 13F filings, but he did kind of go into quite a few of the banks. He bought New New York Community Bank Corp, Wells Fargo, Western Alliance Bank Corp, Pac West Bank Corp, uh, First Republic Bank, and we know what happened to that, and Huntington Bank shares as well. So he bought a number of these, a basket of these troubled banks or perceived to be troubled banks. Some of them were, some got into difficulty. The story was, was moving quite quickly. Again, I've made a couple of videos on that. I'll put a link in the description about some of those bank videos that I made. Warren Buffett commented on it in his uh, interview in Japan saying that he thought the banking system was safe and that no depositor would lose money. In any case, shareholders might lose money and Michael Burry may have lost quite a lot because they because of deep underwater some of these. As I've said before, this is personally something I wouldn't do. Banks and financials aren't really in my circle of competence. I wouldn't feel really confident at all doing this. But Michael Burry, of course, during the great financial crisis, the global financial crisis, he shorted the housing market. He did very well out of it. So he does feel comfortable in that arena. And short term, we just don't know his movements during the quarter. We can see that he's been buying banks. He might have been selling banks since then. I just wonder how well he actually did out of that, but it's definitely in his circle of competence. Judging from past experience during the GFC, how well he did. It's what he's famous for in the Michael Lewis book, The Big Short, and of course in the movie, The Big Short. So go and watch that if you want to see how forensic he was in uncovering those subprime mortgages and how that flowed into the consequences for the banks. So this is in his wheelhouse for sure. By the way, if you're getting value out of this episode on Michael Burry so far, please remember to hit that like button if you're watching on YouTube to help to spread it to more people. I really appreciate that. Thanks. So moving on from banking, the other area, the other sector that he's been buying is energy, traditional energy. He sees oil and gas sector is in deep value territory, he thinks. It's something that probably Buffett agrees with, that obviously Berkshire's been buying big in oil companies. As we can see on screen, Barry's been buying companies like Coterra Energy, NOV Inc., Devon Energy Corp., and Aventive. So he must see deep value. I don't know about these companies. He sometimes is short-term in these things. I'm not so keen on these companies at all. It's not in my circle of competence, and I'm really not interested in fossil fuels. I'd rather buy solar and renewable energies, which Berkshire does have kind of both of. They're sort of agnostic about energy. So that's the third. We've got China, we've got banks, and we've got energy in this quarter. He's been very active, hasn't he? Another thing to think about here with Burry's buys, Burry's portfolio, is that it seems to be about around $100 million worth that he has in stocks at the moment. And of course, we don't know the overseas stocks. We can't see these. It's just US listed stocks. But that's probably not all of his portfolio. He's either, either he's holding a lot of cash. And remember, the interest rates on cash have been getting a lot better. They're not bad. And uh, people have been worried about putting them in those those regional banks, though. People, I'm sure people have been pulling them out and putting them in the big banks or at places like brokers. I keep some in interactive brokers. You can get quite good interest rates now at banks or at brokers. There's a link in the description to interactive brokers. That's my broker. That's where I old cash. But Barry probably either has a huge amount of cash on hand. So we couldn't say even though he's bought a lot of stocks, it's not probably not really high conviction at this point. And judging by his tweets for the last few months, the last few quarters called the bear market. He did very well during the GFC though. And also during the tech crash, the dot-com bubble during early 2000s, he bought cheap stocks then. So if things get really cheap, he'd probably buy a lot bigger than he has now, I would say. I don't think this is particularly high conviction or 
all the money he's got to put to work at the moment. Of course, the buying activity in the quarter is only part of what he did. Of course, he was also selling. And I've made previous videos about some of the things that he sold when he did buy them. And I'll put a link at the end of this video. If you're watching on YouTube, you can click the link there. I'll put uh, in the description as well for those on other platforms. But during the quarter, we can see that the Coherent Group, he reduced by 16%. Geo Group, which I talked about, he reduced by 62%. So sold that down pretty heavily. Uh, Black Knight sold 100%. Wolverine Worldwide, MGM Resorts, Curate Retail sold 100%. And SkyWest sold 100%. So these companies that he was keen on during in previous quarters, he sold out, which can seem like a trader mentality. But as I said, it's, it's very likely more deep value. That doesn't mean those necessarily did well. I haven't checked if those did, did, did well for him, but he didn't hold them for very long. He does seem to invest based on economic conditions, not like Stan Druckenmiller, who again, I made a video on recently, an episode on where he talked about his outlook for the macro conditions. I'll link to that one as well in the description. On his Twitter, he said sell, one word sell in a tweet. And then not long later, he said, I was wrong to say sell. So you should never base your investing decisions on someone like this or any investor. You've got to do your own work. He has changed his mind and he's been, this is portfolio. He's had a lot of activity in the last couple of quarters, changing perspective from these types of companies to energy, China and troubled banks. So a lot's happened in the economy and he's trying to take advantage of that. As I said, the way Barry Invest is not my cup of tea and I like coffee much more than tea anyway, but that's another story. It's just not the way that I invest this short-term deep value buying and then selling to get to when it gets to intrinsic value or if it was a mistake, of course, uh, I'm more finding a compounder. So there's not a lot of things that, that I buy that, that are similar to Burry, but it just so happens that uh, Alibaba has been one of those where he sees deep value in it and he's hoping it will go up in the probably near short, fairly short term. But I'm thinking of keeping that long term. I bought it with the intention of keeping that long term compounding over time. And I just saw it at a good price at the time that I bought it. So same companies that we own, but for different reasons. Well, that was a quick rundown on what Michael Burry's been buying and selling in the quarter. I hope you found that interesting. I certainly did to go through that to see what those sectors he's buying in, what he's thinking or, or trying to work out what he's thinking, reverse engineering his decisions. Of course, he might have blown out of some of those already. We don't know, especially the banks, I would say. Some of those have done pretty badly. Be interesting to know if he made money on those. I'll put a previous episode up here on YouTube. If you're watching on YouTube, go and watch that. It's what Michael Burry was buying and thinking a few months ago in the last quarter. And thanks for watching or listening. I hope you enjoyed that and I'll see you next time.